Hallelujah. Did you come with an ear to hear then? All right, we're going to go to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4 is where we're going to start today. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Hallelujah. God is good, amen? So 1 Timothy chapter 4. We have uh, the last couple weeks been talking some things about, in a sense, lifting the standard, you know, raising that standard in our lives, amen? Rising up to a new level, praise God. Not that it's really a series by any means, but... Uh, uh, we took a week and talked about uh, the only way that you're going to maintain any kind of standard or any kind of um, um, conviction in your life is you're going to have to spend some time uh, with God personally. Yes, you're going to have to spend time in His Word. Yes. You're going to have to spend some time in the house of God. Yes. Come on, you're going to have to spend some time with the people of God. I mean, those are things that are necessary if you're ever going to grow in God. Amen. Uh, isolation has never helped anybody. Come on, somebody. And uh, uh, there's, no, there's no power in that. Amen. But there's something about it when you come together as one. Amen. And begin to honor God together as a corporate uh, unified group. Praise God. It's amazing what begins to happen. Amen. And last week we talked about the power of just staying focused. Amen. Not being distracted by everything. If you want to finish your race, you're going to have to stay focused. You're going to stay locked on to it. Now, how many know there's a lot of distractions out there? Oh, come on now. Mercy, I'm going to have to preach that over again. How many know there's all kinds of distractions out there? I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, you just go out and just walk outside. Now, we didn't, we're not allowing, you know, the enemy and his distractions in here, but you know as well as I do, amen, you can yield it anywhere, anytime. But it's amazing when you go out there, it's amazing how those distractions try to pull you back, pull you down, get you somehow uh, to look back, pull back, draw back. Come on, somebody. Instead, praise God, stay focused on Him. And if you do that, praise God, you can finish this race right. Now, how many know it's important, amen, how you finish? In fact, it's probably more important how you finish than how you started. And some of you had some great starts, amen. But I know a lot of people who had a great start, and for some odd reason, they're not finishing. Come on, somebody. Now, you look at your neighbor and say, you better finish. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to get to the end. We're going to finish this race. Praise God. Fight the good fight. Amen. Do what we're supposed to do. Amen. And no matter how you look at it, praise God. We all have a cross to bear. We all have a fight to fight. We all have a race to run. We all have an enemy to resist. Amen. Nobody's exempt from that. Amen. So 1 Timothy, please. Chapter 4 and verse 12 says this. Let no one despise your youth, okay? Now, this here just means, in fact, your cross-reference might say, look down on your youthfulness. Uh, as you look it up, it means uh, uh, let no one despise up where you came from. In other words, so no matter what you're doing, now there might be some young folks in here, there might be some, some older folks in here, all right? So this just includes everybody, praise God. So all of us came from somewhere. Look at your neighbor and say, how about that? We all came from somewhere. And uh, we all have, you know, a background or a past, and uh, maybe some of us, are, uh, our past are a little darker than other people's, could be. Uh, some people grew up in the things of God, praise the Lord for that. What a wonderful testimony if they're still serving God, amen. Some people came in from, from different things, and regardless of where you came from, regardless of your age, regardless of your educational status, your financial status, your race, whatever it may be, none of it matters because let no one despise where you came from. Well, but what matters is we're all called to be what? An example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Look to your neighbor and say, be an example. 
Let's go ahead and read through this, and I'm going to come back up here to this verse. Verse 13, till I come, give attention to reading and, and to exhortation, to doctrine. Come on, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Now, of course, in context, this is Paul writing to Timothy. And, of course, he, uh, you know, laid hands on Timothy himself and prophesied over him, spoke things over him. Amen. So maybe, maybe the apostle Paul didn't pray over you specifically other than maybe his general prayers you see in some of the epistles. But you might have had hands laid on you in your church or wherever, maybe growing up in the things of God. Maybe, maybe these pastors have laid hands on you uh, here or there, praise God, and prayed and spoke things over you. Can I hear a big Amen. I mean, so no matter where you come from, amen, this is still including every one of us here. It goes on to say, verse 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress, everybody say progress, progress. that your progress may be evident to all. How many know we're called to grow? Amen. We're all called to grow. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. Amen. You notice it says, take heed to yourself. Come on, take heed to yourself. It's really easy to take heed to everybody else. But take heed to yourself. In other words, give attention to your life, your walk, where you're at. Amen. And to, the, and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. In other words, those you're called to influence. Praise God. So how many know if you'll do this thing right, if you'll grow and continue to grow in the things of God, taking heed to yourself, praise God, not only does it affect your life, it'll affect those around you. Whew. Amen. Praise God. But it says your progress is supposed to be evident to all. How many know we're all supposed to be growing? The word's real clear. We go from glory unto glory, from faith to faith, strength to strength, grace upon grace. Amen. Praise God. We're called to uh, progress. We're called to increase. We're called to grow. We're called to mature. Praise God in the things of God. And we should be doing it daily. You should be a lot more mature today than you were, uh, you know, a year ago. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Amen. You should be a lot further along today than you were a year ago. Now, there's no condemnation if you're not, but the point is this. You have to understand that the idea is that we're all called to grow. Amen. Not a lot of teaching out there anymore. Uh, you know, it's, they're maybe not promoting progress or promoting growth. Uh, they, they teach more about acceptance. You know, they spend more time preaching about how we're supposed to accept everybody. That your level of maturity is based on how much you, uh, you, know, you conform to uh, your culture, which is a lie from the pit of hell. Come on, somebody. But a lot of that gets taught. Uh, they say, well, Jesus preached acceptance. No, he didn't. That's right. He preached repentance. He preached kingdom. Come on, somebody. Now, were you accepted when you accepted the, you know, the Lord? The word says you were accepted by him. Now, the point I'm trying to make is this, okay, that when you came into the kingdom, you were accepted, amen, where you were at and who you were. Amen. amen. But nowhere in this book does it say you're going to stay where you are. We're all called to progress. We're all called to grow up. We're all called to mature. Now, he did talk of love, and he talked about not being judgmental and critical, and we're not called to be that of anybody. Come on, somebody. We're called to walk in love with everybody. But I'm telling you this. I'm not here just to accept your way of living if it don't line up with the book. 
and nobody else. Now, I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm not going to level you. Come on, somebody. But I'm going to encourage you to grow up. And if you're coming to this church, you're going to learn how to grow up. Just thought me I'd get a little more movement out of you. We're called to grow up. Amen. And so if you go back up here at this text up here in verse uh, 12, he says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example. Let's talk about that word example for a minute. It means a pattern, uh, a model or type, a sample. Resemblance is another uh, synonym for this. It means a die like a cast or kind of a deal, something they can follow or cast after. Amen. It literally means a standard. Amen, which is kind of a word that's been kind of a key word the last couple weeks here. Amen. You're called to be a standard. Amen. People ought to be able to look at your life and say, that's how you live. They ought to be able to look at your life and say, that's, that's how we do this. Amen. Right? Amen. So uh, another word might be even witness is a kind of a, a word that kind of fits in there because the word witness in itself means one who provides evidence of. Amen. So we're called to provide evidence of this life in God. As we grow, amen, we ought to be an example, praise God, a standard for those around us, praise God. And it says, praise God, uh, in, uh, to, to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Okay, some areas we'll talk about that. But let's give you a few verses first before I move on here. Philippians 3, let's look at this. Put that up, if you will. It says, uh, verse 17, brethren, join in following my example. Amen. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Now, that's the new King James of that, right? So, uh, following my example. In fact, Paul wrote that uh, to the church at Philippi. Uh, he also wrote to the church at Corinth in uh, chapter 11, 1 Corinthians 11 to 1. He said, imitate me at, uh, just as I also imitate Christ. Now, who's our, who's our primary example? Christ, okay? So we're talking about, in a sense, like raising a standard in our life. Well, of course, if we stay focused on Him, as we've been talking about the last couple weeks, if we stay focused on Him, amen, we're going to rise to His standard, His way of thinking, amen. So Paul's just saying this, listen, if you don't know what to do or how to do this, just, just watch me and follow me, amen, as I follow Christ. Well, ultimately, you ought to get to the place in your own walk, praise God, where you yourself are just going to focus on Christ, stay focused on Him, and grow. Come on. But, but, we ought to keep in mind that there are those around us who should be able to look at us as an example of how to walk this walk in God. As a standard is how we do it, praise God. Another reference on this, Titus verse, chapter 2, verse 7 it says, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern or a standard, that word again, of good works. Amen. A pattern or a standard of good works, praise God. In other words, we ought to be taking heed to ourselves, as it says in, in uh, back there in uh, 1 Timothy, praise God. Take heed to ourselves and maintain, here we go, His standard, amen, in our walk, in our life. Come on, somebody. Amen. Of good works. Look at your neighbor and say, we're supposed to grow up. Are you still with me, or am I boring you? Because I wouldn't want to bore you. But we've got to grow up, man. It's time to grow up. There's a lot of things out there trying to get you to back up. And all you do when you're backing up, just playing patty cake with the devil, he'll come in and ransack your life, your family, 
Come on, somebody, and everything else you can get a hold of. But we got to stay on top, stay growing, moving forward, taking ground, hallelujah, conquering, occupying. Come on, somebody. This is what we're called to do as children of God. Somebody say, you're so aggressive. <laughs> yes. Arm yourselves. Come on. Put on the armor of God. Grab the word of God. Come on, somebody. Give God thanks. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Arm yourself. Hallelujah. With the weaponry of heaven, praise God, and take ground. Come on, somebody. All right, let's get back to this. Okay, so 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. So we're to be an example to the believers in word. What does that mean? Well, the word there is logos, which means something uttered. Something being said or communicated. So it's obviously talking about the mouth. Amen. So they ought to be able to be, uh, you know, being around you. They ought to be able to be able to listen to things you say and know, praise God, that they could follow in that example. Say amen or oh me. Now, granted, we're not all there yet. We haven't all arrived. I don't know if any of us arrived yet, but the point is this. There might be some areas that we'll talk about today that maybe are rolling along pretty good for you. But maybe other areas need a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, need a little, little more pumping up. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So the first thing is they ought to be able to look at or be able to hear and listen to things you say. Are you a negative mouth? Are you a critical mouth? Come on, somebody. Are you talking the things of God? Are you talking more praise and more thanks? Come on now. That ought to be an area that we should be an example in. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. amen. I got awful quiet on that first one. I mean, my goodness. But it's the truth. They ought to be able to be able to listen to you and know, praise God, that you're a child of God. That you follow the master, praise God. In word. Okay, I'll just try another one. How about in conduct? It means behavior, actions, demeanor. Even countenance. But we're called to be Christ-like. Come on, somebody. If we're going to grow, if we're going to take heed to ourselves, if we're going to progress, praise God, these are areas that got to, somewhere along the line, we got to take them up a notch or two, praise God, so we can be the example, praise God, a standard, a pattern, come on, of what Christ is and who Christ is. Be the child of God we're called to be to make a difference, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? Hallelujah. Now, in order to be a difference maker, sometimes you just got to get different. Sometimes you got to allow something to happen and shift in your life if you're going to be a difference maker. Now, again, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt, no shame. We're not trying to somehow hammer on somebody because you don't have these areas, uh, you know, 100% where they need to be. But you ought to be at least aware of the fact that if you're taking heed to yourself, amen, that you know, amen, I need to kind of step that up a notch or two. And be okay with that. If you're going to be a difference maker, then some things have got to be made different. Amen. Otherwise, we're just like the world. The word says we're not to conform. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but we're not to be conformed to the world. We're to be transformed. Amen. We're to be grabbing hold of his thoughts, his way of thinking, his standards. It's really what it comes down to. How does God see things? How does God view things? How does God do things? 
How does God think? How does God, amen, speak? I mean, all these kind of things. What will he do? In this, you know, the little bracelets they used to put out. What would Jesus do? Come on. Now, I think when it came out, I think it was kind of a cool deal, but pretty soon it just becomes another one of them dumb bracelets you put on your I'm sorry. You might like those things. I better not say that. Some of you got, what would John Wayne do? Some of you don't know who John Wayne is, and that's sad. What a wake-up call. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, the point is, praise God, you know, what would, what would the Lord do? We ought to be a, 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 you know, be a pattern or an example or a standard, praise God, that people could look at you and say, that's what Jesus would do. Amen. That's what he'd do, praise God. But see, if you're, if you're being transformed into his way of thinking, his way of doing, then see, you're, you're hooking up and going higher with his standards. But when you conform, see, if you're not transformed, you're conforming. And if you're conforming to the world, all that means is, is you're now attaching yourself to the world's standards. And that's been the danger right now. It's been going across the church, the body of Christ. Somehow being made to feel guilty because you're not, you know, you're not, uh, you know, conforming to your society. We're not called to conform to our society. We're called to live like he lived. Amen. Think like he thinks. Praise God. Be different. Praise God. Because pretty soon they're all tired of that mess. They got to have somewhere to go. And if you're too busy being like they're being, well, they look past you now and think there's got to be somebody out there that can do this. So look at your neighbor and say, be an example. Hallelujah. In word, in conduct. How about in love? Now, of course, that's the Greek word agape. Amen. But it refers to uh, charity or benevolence. It literally means a self-sacrificial action. A giving of self is really what it is. And if you stop and think about it, that's the God kind of love. That's God himself. Amen. So if you look at how God did things, God, for, for God so loved the world that he gave, right, his only begotten son. Amen. That's, see, that's the nature of God. That's the nature of agape. Amen. It's just this giving this selfless giving of being helpful, amen, reaching out, looking past yourself, looking beyond yourself. Come on, somebody. See, that's stuff that, that areas that have to be, you know, we have to grow up in. Now, am I going too fast? Some of you are thinking, please, a little faster, amen. Hallelujah. So in love, how about in spirit? Now, the word actually, if you look at it, it means in spirituals. Okay, so it's talking about spiritual matters, spiritual things. Okay, so it's referring to things like uh, the spiritual movement. Okay, you're taking dominion, uh, seeking God, prayer. These are all spirituals. These are all spiritual matters or, or things that you do. Amen. Now, when, when the trouble hits, uh, do, you, do, you, uh, uh, do you run for cover or do you stand and take, take authority and dominion? When somebody's hurting, do you, do you just say, oh, too bad and walk off? Or do you... Do you initiate to make a difference? See, this is what he's talking about in spirit. They ought to be able to look at you and go, man, don't, you know, don't mention anything to that guy. He'll start praying for you right then. <laughs> now, some people are okay with that and they praise the Lord, but, but they ought to be able to look in your life and say, you know, every time something you know, happens or goes on, they got, they got a verse to tell you. They got something to say. They got, they got something to pray for you about. Amen. They're, they're not afraid to talk about it. They're not afraid to encourage you and, and to give you some positive thing. Come on, somebody. 
Be an example. Look at your neighbor and say, be an example. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. How about in faith? Uh, pistis is the Greek word here. Uh, means persuasion or conviction, confidence, assurance, trust in God. Amen. When people get around you, do they see trust in God? Do they see confidence in God? Do they see an assurance in God? Come on now. They ought to be able to look at you and say, there's somebody that believes God. I have a, a friend that uh, he's, he's coming in the kingdom. Praise God. He's, uh, he's, he's uh, been very open to me, he lets me talk Jesus all the time. He doesn't have any problem with it. Uh, but he's, uh, he's about as loose as a goose in a snowstorm. But, um, but, uh, uh, but he's, uh, he's been a good friend. And, and uh, I've always been very upfront and honest with him. We get talking about certain things. And, and uh, there's sometimes, you know, he uh, starts talking about this or that. We can get all, all kinds of things. And, and uh, he just knows there's always going to be something. I say, you know, I don't like what's going on here. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very positive about what God's going to do. And so he always wants to know, what's God going to do? So I'll tell him what God's going to do. And I'll tell him, this is what the prophet said. The prophet, who's that? Well, it's a guy that's got the word of the Lord. And here's what he said. And here's what she said. And he's okay with that. But see, I'm not, well, you just can't be ashamed of that kind of stuff. I mean, either you believe in God or you don't. Either you're going to trust God or you don't. Now, as a child of God, we're called to trust God. Now, if you're, not, if you're not doing that, if you're not in that place, it's time to step it up a notch or two. Come on. No, again, no condemnation, no, uh, no, uh, uh, you know, no shame, no, uh, no guilt coming from this pulpit. It just comes down to this, praise God. If, if these things need to step up a notch, then let's step them up a notch. Let's grow. Let's progress. Let's be the standard that people need. Let's be the example, the pattern that people need to see. Can I hear a big Amen. How about impurity? Okay, what's that? Well, the word purity, uh, hagnia, is, is the Hebrew word, or the Greek word, pardon me. It just means pure or clean, but it refers to a quality of character when you look at it. So it's talking about the character that you, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, that comes off you toward people. Praise God. That quality of character. The word character in itself means an account of qualities that distinguishes a person. So things like moral constitution, moral fortitude, principles, integrity, these all kind of fit into this. Do they see that in your life? Or do you lie like everybody else? Do you cheat like everybody else? Do you manipulate like everybody else? What do they see in you? Come on, again, no shame, no guilt. Come on now, no condemnation. We're just saying, listen, you gotta, you're called to be the example. Well, a little white lie don't hurt nobody. Well, says who? Says the guy that's okay with lying. Come on now. See, these are things. We're called to be an example. We're called to be a standard. We're called to be a pattern. Amen. And you know what? I found, too, even when I was, especially when I was early on in this thing, uh, just trying to come into this, trying to grow in these things and, and uh, stumbling quite a lot. My mouth got me in trouble. My attitude got me in trouble. Come on, somebody. Sometimes I wasn't really the most loving person in the, uh, on the planet. I know, it's hard to believe. That's true. 
And, uh, you know, it wasn't always, wasn't always up to par on these things. Come on, somebody. And I was growing in it. But I learned one thing right off the bat, praise God. This purity thing's partly, partly about it is, is being honest. Integrous. Come on. Uh, you know, honoring. Amen. And so, uh, you know, I, I learned pretty quick. It just pays it when I, when I mess up that I say, you know what? I messed up. I blew it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't think that way, shouldn't act that way, shouldn't talk that way. So Paul, I apologize for that. And uh, I remember one time, uh, you know, years ago, and a uh, situation that happened, and, and uh, I kind of lost my cool. And uh, I did. I lost my cool. And I threw something. Not a baseball. I threw a piece of equipment because I was mad because something busted right in my face and it, it made me mad. Come on. And I felt justified in throwing that piece of equipment across the room. And of course, all it did was bust up in about 100 pieces. Now I have to go walk over there because it all happened in front of everybody. And for some odd reason at that particular moment, everybody and their dog showed up. And all they could think is they went like this, and they went, the preacher man. That was a wonderful example of how to throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> now, I know you probably have never done those things, but I did that. And all I could remember doing is going around apologizing for what I did. And most of them were saying, uh, they were all taken back. Well, I, don't, I, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I know, but I shouldn't be doing that. I know better than that, so I apologize. Will you, will you forgive me for, for that weak example? And you'd be amazed at how just being honest about it, but you also be amazed that when you start apologizing for it, nobody wants to keep apologizing for stupidity. So I found by doing those kind of things, amen, that it made me step up my game a notch or two. Come on, somebody, and be a little bit more Christian-like so I don't have to apologize for everything I'm doing wrong. But it's all about growing. It's okay, amen, that if you didn't measure up, amen, but you're willing to say, you know what, that's wrong. That's why it says take heed to yourself. Are you with me? Look at your neighbor and say, let's grow up, amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor again and say, let's, let's be an example, praise God. All right, we quoted it a few minutes ago, but let's go to it. Romans 12, please. Romans 12. Hallelujah. Romans 12. Are you doing okay? All right. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, I beseech you or beg of you, it means, uh, you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, say hallelujah, uh, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It means the whole being, your whole being, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your what? Your reasonable service, your rational service. It literally means a logical or intelligent, a sensible, wise, amen. It is, it is a right thing, amen, to offer your, your whole being as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, 
holy, and acceptable to God. That's your reasonable service. But then it says this, verse 2, and it goes, And do not be conformed to this world, adapted to. In fact, let's see here. I think I might have some more definition. It means to fashion alike. Now get this. It means to fashion according to. Get this. It means to conform to the same pattern or standard. You're not to be conformed to this world. You're not to, you're not to yield to their standards. You're, 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 to, you're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Of course, in kindness, talking about grabbing his thoughts, his word. Come on, renewing, renovating your mind. Amen. Hallelujah. That you, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be tra- Everybody say transformed. Metamorphial. Okay, I think it's how that Greek word. And it means where we get our word metamorphosis, okay, being changed or transformed like a tadpole to a frog, there's that metamorphosis that takes place. Uh, a, a, a caterpillar to a butterfly, that's called metamorphosis. Okay, it was one thing, now it's like something completely different. See, you became a new creation in Christ where old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, and then the more you look to him, the more of that transformation, the more of that metamorphosis that begins to happen in you where people can look at you and say, you're a pattern, an example, a standard of how we do this. Can I hear a big amen? And it goes on, of course, to talk about that you may prove or discern what's that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. How are you going to discern things right if you're not, if you're not renewing your mind, renovating your mind to his way of thinking? If you're, not, if you're not reaching toward his standards, amen, how are you ever going to know what those standards are? Am I boring you? All right. We'll come back to that. Put uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 up on the board, if you will. It just says this, with an unveiled face, beholding it as a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Here we go, into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, the whole thing in context there in 2 Corinthians 3, it's talking about the Word. It brings out the, in that whole chapter, it's talking about the, uh, the Old Covenant uh, in relation to the New Covenant. Talking about Moses and his ministry in relation to the ministry of Jesus. Amen. But then it, it, it wraps it up in this, in this uh, chapter, talking about we with an unveiled face. In other words, talking about that veil that was over Moses' face has been pulled back in Christ. Amen. Where you can see things now clearly. But we are looking into this word, which he refers to it as a mirror. And in that mirror, we begin to see some things. You start seeing who you're called to be, what you're designed to be. But it says we're then being, we're seeing the glory of the Lord and we're being then transformed into that image. But see, if we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't put this in front of us, okay, if we're not spending time with him in his word, in the house, come on, with one another, if we're not doing the things uh, that begin to, you know, promote that, then what happens is you're going to go without any kind of major transformation in your life, even though you have everything available to you. Now, it would be a bummer to get to heaven and find out, you know, you didn't change anything, you didn't grow, you didn't do anything different, and you had a, a great call in your life. You could have done this, seen this, done this, been whatever, and, and then never get any of it to happen. Now, listen, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't want that for anybody. I mean, I, I seriously do not want that for anybody. 
And, um, you know, that's why we talk what we talk and teach what we teach and share what we share. Come on, somebody. Because we don't want anybody to get there one day and say, man, why didn't anybody tell me? Or why, uh, you know, why, you know, at least, at least if, if it does happen, you're not going to be able to point your finger at your pastor. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, because maybe there's a few pastors you maybe might be able to, but you ain't going to point your finger at this one. Okay, now whatever. I mean, there's a lot of great works out there. I mean, we're not, we're not saying we're above or beyond anybody else. We're just saying, I just know what I'm called to do, what I'm designed to do, and I guarantee you we're not going to play patty cake with the devil. We're going to grow up in God because that's what we're called to do. We're called to progress, amen, to go from glory unto glory. Come on, from faith to faith, strength to strength, grace upon grace. That's what we're called to do. Can I hear a big Amen. Hallelujah. Now, obviously, it's a process, and obviously, it's a work of the Spirit, but you'll even notice in this text that you're the one that initiates it. Now, if you're not going to behold as enemies, if you're not going to lift that word up and put it in your face once in a while, come on, somebody, well, then that stuff ain't going to happen for you. And that's why the majority, are, well, that's probably a strong word, uh, that's why a lot of the body of Christ does not know who they are in God. Because they've never lifted up the mirror of God's word to find out who they are. All right? So you're called to do that. Look at your neighbor and say, get your, get your nose in the book. <laughs> Amen. Let's go back now to, to uh, Romans 12, please. Praise God. Verse 2 again, if you will. Praise the Lord. So, hallelujah. We're called to not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. By the renewing of your mind, praise God. Hallelujah. So if we're not transforming, in other words, if we're not rising up to his standards, then we're conforming to the world's standards. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good now. Put the Passion Translation up of those two verses. Let's read them. Praise God. Here's the Passion Translation. It says this, beloved friends, this is one and two. We'll read. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? He's asking the question. I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred, look at this, living sacrifices. Amen. Sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all the delights, uh, all that delights his heart, pardon me, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Verse 2, please. So stop imitating the ideals and opinions of of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. That's what it's about. This will empower you to discern God's will uh, as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. That sounds good, right? Let's try the message translation. I think I gave you that one too. Let's do that one. Okay, one and two here. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, (laughs) and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you uh, is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. We talked a lot about that last week. Fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize uh, what he wants uh, from you, praise God. And it goes on, and quickly respond to it, thank you. Unlike the culture around you, 
always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. I like that. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Now again, I'm going to say it again, okay? We're not here trying to bring any kind of condemnation, any kind of guilt, or any kind of shame. That's not what we're about. But I'm telling you this, amen, we are called to be examples. We are called to be a standard, a pattern, praise God, of how this thing should be done. So what that means then, the only way that's going to happen is if we're going to be willing to progress, be willing to grow up, be willing to mature, be willing to stop once in a while and take heed to our lives. Give attention to some things. Amen. There are certain areas of your life that need to step up. Don't just stop and say, well, that's just who I am, the way I am. Oh, shut up. Good night. Grow up. Listen, we're not, it's not about, you know, uh, we get it, man. We've all have slipped and done some things, said some things, acted away. Amen. But, but we got to take heed to ourselves and recognize that's not how Christ would do it. Come on now. It's time to, amen, to rise up to his standards, amen, and not conform to the world's standards. Are you still with me? Or did I lose you? I don't know. Let's read another one here. Up The Amplified in this. I appeal you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, and consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world or this age, fashioned after and adapted uh, to its external superficial customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And even, come on, the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. Just another way to say it. The point is this, amen, child of God. We're called to be difference makers everywhere we go. It's hard to change your world when the world's changing you. Come on now. The people who change this world are the people the world could not change. Amen. And again, um, uh, we are not, uh, I understand everybody's in different places in their walk. And as I brought out some of those texts or that text there in uh, 1 Timothy, maybe certain areas of it you're, you're doing okay in. Maybe some areas you're still, you don't need a little help with, praise God. Well, how do you do that? Well, you just keep moving. Keep moving forward. Keep growing. Keep looking up. Stay focused on Him who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, praise God, He's not done with you. Yeah. I've had moments and times when in my life, in my walk early on, especially where, you know, He's talking to me and He called me son. I thought, praise God, He still calls me son. And one of those moments or two, come on now. But he does, I'm telling you. And if you just make a decision to take heed to your walk and make the decision to grow, to go higher, to mature, 
Amen. Be the difference maker. Amen. Be the example. Be the standard. Praise God. Guess what? That's exactly what you'll be. God will use you in a glorious way to be a difference maker, community changer, suburb swear, atmosphere adjuster, environment influencer. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Everywhere you go. Can I hear a big amen? Did you get something today? Praise God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.